ఈశాయ నమః శ్రీ సరస్వతీ నమః శ్రీ సద్గురుభ్యో నమః సమస్త జనకల్యాణే నిరతం కరుణామయం నమామి చిన్మయం దేవం సద్గురుం బ్రహ్మవిద్వరం మనోజవం మారుదతుల్య వేగం చితేంద్రియం బుద్ధిమతాంబరిష్టం వాతాత్మజం వానరయోతముఖ్యం శ్రీరామదూతం శిరసానమామి సంతోషిణీ జగన్మాత మమ సౌభాగ్యవృద్ధయే నమస్కరోమి భక్త్యాం ప్రసన్నవరదాభవాంకరం శంకరాచార్యం కేశవం బాదరాయణం సూత్రభాష్యకృతౌ వందే భగవందౌ పునః అవధారేత్ అండర్స్టాండ్ సో ఈచ్ వర్డ్ ఈస్ టు బి అండర్స్టూడ్ మెడిటేటెడ్ అపాన్ 
So continuing that thought, now Bhagavan, the 57th verse, he says, Atatya Vritti Rupena Vedante Lakshate Vyayam Akhandananda Mekam Vyate Tatram Metyavadharaye Now, Atatvyavrtirupena. Give me two minutes, I will bring my. Vyavrti Rupena means the process of negation. <coughs> now, this is a technical term Bhagavan is using. One method of teaching is method of negation. The famous statement, neti, neti, not this, not this. Now, the <coughs> before we understand the point, we have to understand one thing. Question is asked, how can Vedanta give Brahma Anubhava? So, the method of teaching is through words. Words can give only knowledge. It cannot give you complete, completeness of knowledge. This is an argument in our Shastra. Completeness can be gained only through experience. 
Only when we have direct experience, then we have complete knowledge. This is what we generally see. Now a person describes the beauty of Gangotri, Badrinath. I can read volumes of books about Badrinath, Gangotri or Kailas. I can even get clear idea about these places. Like if you go to a travel agent, the person who is sitting there, he will explain to you all the places, what are things to be seen, etc. But if you ask him, have you gone there? <laughs> then he will say, with my salary I cannot afford. So, he may have a knowledge about these places. But unless you take a flight and go and land there, make a pilgrimage to these places, your knowledge is not complete. I mean, unless you have a direct experience of these places, the knowledge is not complete. Therefore, we find normally knowledge to culminate into experience, anubhava. Also, we find normally words are capable of giving knowledge only. Words are not capable of giving direct experience. And without direct experience, knowledge is incomplete. Naturally, the question comes, Vedanta is in the words. And hence, Vedanta can give only knowledge. And the knowledge is incomplete unless it is converted into direct experience. How can Vedantic knowledge be complete? Therefore, people talk about the incompleteness of the Vedantic study. A mere study is not enough, they say. And they talk about varieties of sadhanas to convert this knowledge into experiences. They invariably say Brahmatnyanam is different and Brahma Anubhava is different. Atmatnyanam is different, Atma Anubhuti is different. <coughs> and then how can <coughs> attending these classes give Anubhava? They can give only knowledge and knowledge is incomplete by itself without Anubhava. What is this? This is a Purupaksha, okay? An argument. It is no Siddhanta. Now, how can Vedanta give Brahma Anubhava? Therefore, in order to gain Brahma Anubhava, they introduce what? Meditation. Dhyanam. With true dhyanam, and with also they quote that Brahmava, Minatmava, Are, Srotavya, Mantavya, Nididhyasidavya. So in the Pradharanya Upanishad, Maitreyi, that Nyavalkarji says to Maitreyi, 
Re Maitri, Atma, this Atma is to be heard, then reflected upon, then meditated upon. So these three are there. So first is listening, means gaining knowledge, then afterward reflecting upon those thoughts, and when you reflected and the mind become ready, then you meditate and realize the truth. This is how it is said. So therefore, these people also say that your own Shastra says, <coughs> so without this sadhana called meditation, Anubhava is not possible. Knowledge can give you only indirect experience, not direct experience. Indirect knowledge, not direct experience. This is a very subtle argument and this argument is to be understood very clearly. Only then we will understand Vedanta. <laughs> so, now we say that Vedantic teaching in the form of words can give only knowledge. Because words can give only knowledge, that we admit, there is no doubt about it. And words cannot give anubhava, anubhava means experience, that also we admit. But what we say is, Vedanta does not give anubhava and Vedanta does not want to give anubhava also. Anubhava means experience. Vedanta doesn't want to give you experience. Why? Because according to Vedanta, we don't require any new experience. No new experience at all required because our problem is not the lack of experience. Our problem is lack of knowledge. Now, what do you mean by that? We should remember that all our experiences of our self can be classified into two types. One is Dvaita Anubhava. Second is Advaita Anubhava. All possible experiences can be categorized into these two. Dvaitam, Advaitam. Dvaitam means duality, Advaitam means non-dual. Now, according to Vedanta, all of us have gone through both Dvaita Anubhava and Advaita Anubhava. And no human being lacks Advaita Anubhava. Advaita Anubhava means non-dual experience. How do you say this? Now, in the waking and dream state, our experience is what? Dvaita. And where I experience subject, I am a subject and the world is an object. 
and the experience of object is different from the subject. I am the experiencer, the world is experience, so I am different from the world. This dvaita, this duality, we experience in the waking state and dream state also. Because the dream state also, there is a world outside of you. Even though it is your own mind, but it is experience as dual. Because the person dreamer is running, chased up, chased by a tiger or a lion in the jungle, the forest. <laughs> so, or sometimes a thief is chasing you or whatever it is. So, whatever be the nature of your dream, there is duality. <coughs> Now, this experience is called Savikalpa Anubhava, an experience in which there is division of subject and object, called Savikalpa. In this Dvaita Anubhava, not only I experience division, I experience myself as an individual. I am in this time and space separate individual different from others. Naturally, I am limited I. An individualized I, individualized I, limited I experience and this is called Dvaita Anubhava. And we have gone through another experience called deep sleep experience. In this experience, I never have subject-object division. Therefore, in deep sleep state, we have no Savikalpa Anubhava, but Nirvikalpaka Anubhava. An experience in which subject-object duality is not there. Here, I am not an individual entity. There is no individuality in deep sleep state. Waking, I can say I am in a Long Island or some other place, or I am in New York, I am in uh, no, New Jersey. But in deep sleep, I cannot locate myself. Naturally, I don't experience any limitation also. Unlimited, undivided, I, I experience during Sushupti Avastha. This is clear. Advaita Anubhava, everyone has gone through in deep sleep. Because you have no idea where you are sleeping, place, you have no idea how long you are sleeping. Waking up you say, yes, I slept so many hours. But while sleeping, there is no time or space concept. So you become one undivided entity. Dvaita Anubhava I have gone through. Jagrat Sapna Avastha. Advaita Anubhava I gone through. Indeed. Other than Dvaita and Advaita Anubhava, there is no third experience possible. And you cannot say another Advaita Anubhava. <laughs> no. 
in meditation you experience another advaita it means non duality there cannot be two non dualities it can be only one dvaita anubhava can be many but advaita anubhava cannot be many only one therefore vedanta does not want to give you any new anubhava at all you already have experience of non duality so vedanta is not telling you to have one more <laughs> no it doesn't want to add another experience because all the possible anubhavas we have gone through in our satraya waking dream deep sleep then what is our problem now according to vedanta our problem is not lack of advaita anubhavam what is that our problem is in dvaita anubhava i experience myself as a limited i in advaita anubhava i experience myself as limitless i so limited i i have experienced limitless i i have experienced but our problem is which one means our real nature this is where our problem is limited i or limitless i you cannot say both are my nature because both are diagonally diagonally opposite therefore one i cannot be at one time limited and limitless that's not possible therefore only possibility is that one of them is my real nature and the other must be my incidental nature temporary nature one must be swabhavika dharma other is agantuka dharma agantuka means incidental either i must be really limitless but incidentally appearing as though limited or i should be really limited and incidentally appearing as though limitless which is original which is false and this is our problem not lack of experience what is that lack of determining which is our real nature unfortunately before the study of vedanta we have always concluded in the wrong way the limited i is my real nature the limited i limitless i obtaining in deep sleep is only an incidental nature limitlessness is temporary is our conclusion the limited i is my real nature this is our conclusion so our problem is not lack of experience but our problem is 
wrong conclusion based on the available data in front of your intellect buddhi and the aim of vedanta is not to presenting another experience but only to question our conclusion and rectify our conclusion and what should be the rectified conclusion i am the limitless one which is my real nature the limited human experience i go through is only incidental therefore you are a spiritual being having a temporary human experience it's not the other way around you are a human being wants to have a spiritual experience <laughs> right now that is our thinking isn't it i am a human being i want to experience my spiritual nature is other way around you are already spiritual playing the role it's just somebody said for the reverse you know somebody said that what god playing a fool is human <laughs> so this not the a human being wants to have spiritual experience no you are spiritual having a temporary human experience what we have concluded is that i am a human being and therefore i am looking for a spiritual experience whereas the teaching is what you are a spiritual being with an incidental feature which is temporary that vedanta does not give a new experience Vedanta does not want the student to expect a new experience. Vedanta wants to correct our self-conclusion based on our available experience. Therefore, Vedanta gives knowledge and that knowledge is enough for liberation and because of our problem is lack of knowledge not lack of experience so thus the shastra uses the method so the words can be used in many ways so one of the <coughs> way of teaching is by the way of negation the method of communication upanishad uses this method which is called neti neti it does not positively talk about atma but it negates an atma when all objects are negated what is left is unnegatable atma the knower principle alone is that atma so this is the method the shruti uses so atat vyavrutti rupena 
coming back to the verse 57, the process of negation called neti neti, not this, not this. So what is not your nature, anatma, is removed. And what is left out, atma alone is left. That is your real nature. Vedantaihi by Vedanta, lakshyate, indicated, avyayam, non-perishable, akhanda anandam, indivisible and blissful, akhanda anandam. So, anandam, ours is khanda. <coughs> All our experiences of happiness are, what? There is a beginning and end. That means what? Khanda means broken. Whereas, this ananda of Paramatma is what? Unbroken. Khanda anandam. Ekam, one. Yad, which, tad, that. Brahma, iti, avadhare. Thus realize the nature of <coughs> Akhanda Nanda Rupasya Tasya Nanda Lavashrita Brahmadya Saradam Mena Bhavantyanandino Kila Akhanda Ananda Rupasya, whose nature is unbroken bliss. Tasya Ananda Lavastritaha. This is a way of the Shastra because it says, depending upon just a particle of this bliss, Brahmadhyaha, the creator and the other deities. Taradamena in proportion, avanti anandinaha, become blissful akilaha. So, what does it mean is, that Brahmananda is such akhanda Brahmananda, that unbroken bliss is, imagine that, it is something like an ocean. So, in, in Ramayana, Vartul Siddhaji gives this very beautiful uh, analogy here. He says when Vasishtara was naming Rama, the naming ceremony, at that time he said, Jo Ananda Sindhu Sukharasi Sikarte Trailoka Suvasi So Sukha Dhama Rama Asanama Akila Loka Dayaka Vishrama so, Jo Ananda Sindhu Sukharashi. So, the Rama is that Ananda Sindhu Sukharashi. <laughs> Ananda Sindhu. Think about that whole ocean is Ananda. Happiness is the whole ocean. Sikarte. In that, from that ocean of Ananda, one drop has taken. Eh? 
and that drop of ananda is enough to make the entire creation happy. Sikrate trailoka supasiti. That is a way of saying it, okay? So here also the same way it is that here. Akhanda ananda rupasya tasya ananda lavasidaha. It is something like in big corporations, commentary that in the whole, in the corporation, you know, shareholders meeting, the managing directors announces that that we have this year, looking at the profit and loss account, we have decided to improve our factory and spending. 33 lakhs. Huh? The shareholders are looking at what is all you doing. Then we have decided to spend another 15 lakhs to improve the cafeteria. Then we said we have decided to improve the sanitary condition of the workers' quarters. Then we decided to improve the managing director's house. <laughs> so, so many lakhs again. So, when these shareholders here, they will, you know, what is this? We want to work it down. <coughs> All the proposal. In fact, the managing director himself will be removed. <laughs> but afterwards, looking at their reaction, the managing director says, All these expenses I have given you. It is only 2% of our profit that we made in the last year. <laughs> when you hear that, it is only 2% of the profit he is spending. They said, okay. So this is how the <laughs> statistics when you give. <coughs> this is how they use the technique. Same way here also. That Akanda Ananda Rupa said to have an idea. What is that Ananda? In Taitri Upanishad also there is a beautiful comparison. Asisto, Trishisto, Sistaha, Yuhaswatu, Yuhaswaha. So a person who is young and educated, healthy, and who has got the entire world as his kingdom, and it is an unrivaled kingdom, no enmity, no any other enemies. It has got complete authority over the whole world. And when he has got that appetite to enjoy, he is educated, young. That person's happiness is considered one unit of happiness. Multiply by hundred is called Gandharvananda. Multiply by hundred is called Deva Ananda. Multiply by hundred is called officers in the Devaloka. Multiply by hundred is Indra's Ananda. Multiply by hundred is Brihaspati's Ananda. Multiply by hundred is Prajapati's Ananda. Multiply by hundred is Brahmaji's Ananda. Multiply by hundred is this person who realized the truth is Ananda. <laughs> So think about it. This is where the Shastra depicts the Ananda. To give an idea. Asyananda lavastida Brahmadhyas taradam mena 
proportionately so one particle of that ananda is enough to make the entire creation including here it is Brahmadi Brahma Brahma Vishnu Maheshwara Makilam was to Pevahara Chitan Vitaha Tasma Sarvakadam Brahma Chire Sarpiriva Kile So Tatyuktam akilam vastu, tatyuktam pervaded by that Brahma ananda, that Brahman, akilam all, vastu, all objects, vivaharaha, tadanvidaha, so all objects are pervaded by Brahman. And all vivaharaha, all activities in this world is possible because of Brahman alone. <coughs> therefore, tasma sarvagadam brahma, brahma, that means therefore the entire creation is nothing but Brahman. It permeates everything. Now he gives an example. But Chire Sarpi Rivakile Chire in milk. Sarpi means butter. How butter is pervading the entire milk? You cannot see it. But then in order to see the milk as a butter or to get the butter, what is there necessary? That milk has to go through sadhana. What kind of sadhana? Heating. <laughs> yeah, the milk has to be heated and cooled. Then it becomes buttermilk. What is that? No, yogurt. Then from yogurt, what happens? Then they churn the yogurt. Then slowly, 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 little by little, the butter comes out. You collect it, keep it in the cold water. And over a period of time you collect, then you will have, then that butter is to be melted. Butter cannot be kept as it is, but the melted butter made into ghee can remain forever, never get spoiled. So, but that sarpi is permeating, sarpi means butter is permeating the entire milk. Even though you cannot see it, the same way the creation permeates the Lord, the entire creation. We cannot see it. In order to see and experience what is to be done, we have to undergo the penance called heating of the body, etc. 
and cooling down and churning and all that. Churning is what? Process of sadhana, upasana. So through upasana, the mind has to be churned. And as a result of churning the mind, you will get what? Amrutam, nectar, like the churning of milky ocean is symbolic. Asuras and Devas both churned the milky ocean. Asuras and Devas means what? Our own negative thoughts and positive thoughts. What is the milky ocean? Our mind. What is Mantara mountain? Is mantra. Chanting of Bhagavan's name. The rope was to gain is our ego. Ego is the one, what is that? It goes sometime to the negative force, it goes sometime to the positive force. <laughs> so this goes on all the time. Ego takes the side of negativity, sometimes ego takes the side of positive. <laughs> As you churn, what comes? The poison comes. Poison is what? Our negativity, subconscious. <coughs> when the subconscious poison comes, we try to give up meditation and we try to give up the churning. We run away. Instead of that, what is to be done? Offer to Lord Shiva. In the meditation seat, some negativity comes. We have to offer that to the Lord. Don't try to solve yourself. And when you pass that particular phase, it will go for some time. It's not going to be one day your affair. Once that phase is over, then you start seeing. It's called Siddhis. <coughs> so, Airavata, uh, Vaisravas, and then what you call Apsaras, then the Kamadenu, then Parijata, then finally Lakshmi herself. <coughs> All Aishwaryas comes. Then comes Varuni. Varuni means alcohol. Intoxicated experience. The Ramashwaramsa was always intoxicated. <laughs> Without any alcohol. <laughs> then comes Amrutam. Nectar. So this is the process. So, to experience that Amrutam, Paramatma, permeating, all-pervading in this creation, one has to change the drishti, this is called Jnana Chakshush, eye of wisdom. With the eye of wisdom, you look at it, what you see? Only Brahman. Without the eye of wisdom, what you see? Anything but Brahman. 
He's always there. So Ajam, Avyam, without change. He cannot modify himself to become the world. His Parinama Vada is there. The Lord, the Dvidvatvedis, they talk about Parinama. Lord modify himself to become the world. He himself is the world. Since he has modified himself to become the world, what happens? He cannot go back to his original state. Milk modified to become curd. Now the curd can go back to milk? No. It is not like that. Without undergoing any change, intrinsic change, he appears to be the world. Like the rope without undergoing any intrinsic change appears to be a snake. This is called creation. Appearance, projection. You, without undergoing any change, you are lying down in your bed, snoring away. What are you seeing? You are traveling in Paris. In dream, isn't it? And in the night life of Paris, you are visiting the places where dance and music and all those festivals are going on. In the street of lit, well-lit street of Paris, you are walking. What are you doing? Lying down. <laughs> you are not gone anywhere. <laughs> Without undergoing any change, you are seeing something different. This is what is creation also. Avyayam Arupa Guna Varnakyam Without form, attributes, color and name. When you hear this, you think that this Brahman is useless, isn't it? No form, no attributes, no color, no name. <laughs> it is useless. No. It is dynamic. Without him, nothing is possible. Without his presence, nothing is possible. <laughs> uh, that's why the next verse, Bhagavan says that. Yet pasa bhasya ter kati. Yet pasa bhasya ter kati. Bhasya yet tu 